Welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, where we believe that no matter what you've gone through in life, God is inviting you to partner with Him to take back your story. On this podcast, we have inspiring conversations with people who are doing just that. And now, your hosts, Davey Blackburn and Aubrey Sampson. Hello, welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. I'm Davey. And I'm Aubrey, and we're your hosts. And today we have part two That's right. of a conversation that you got to have with Ron Deal. This Ugh, is for our parenting series, so part one. If you haven't listened to it yet, you need to stop right now and go back and listen to it yeah. with a Kleenex box near you because it is a powerful, that's, emotional that's episode. A really, really good one. But I am excited that Ron Deal is back mm-hmm. for this conversation in the parenting series. Yeah. Um, specifically, he's going to talk about blended families, but we're doing this series because we know that parenting is hard. Yeah. And whether you are a parent or you've got friends that are parents or maybe you're struggling in your own relationships with your parents or maybe yeah. just as a parent, you've experienced loss and pain, we know, we know that that is a very real thing. And so we wanted to equip you with some of these stories so that you can find hope in the middle of your heartache, especially parenting heartache. Um, And then this episode with Ron is really cool because Ron's a best-selling author. He's a licensed marriage and family therapist. He's a podcaster. He's also really connected with blended families. Mm -hmm. He's actually an expert talking about blended families. Yeah, he is the expert, right. Amazing. He's the president of Smart Step Families, director of Family Life Blended, which is a division of Family Life. Mm -hmm. And so there is a lot you're going to glean from him today. Yeah. Again, I mean, we mentioned this in the last episode, but I'll mention it again that I think he talks a little bit about how he got into this in our conversation, but he, his family is not a blended family. And, um, which and is so you kind of like, funny. You think how it would be. Yeah. Well, you'll <laughs> right. find out. And I, and when you go, if you, if you're blending a family and you're looking for resources, they're non-existent. They're not out there. But if you look up blended families, you Google it, Ron Deal is more than likely going to come up and the resources that he provides, they're incredible, incredible. So I'm so yeah. glad that our family's been turned on to him and we're consuming all the resources that they provide there. I'm excited that we got to have him on this podcast uh, so that you could get introduced to him if you haven't already. Mm-hmm. Um, so listen, if this if this episode or any of our episodes have impacted you, we'd love for you to go and rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. It really ministers to us um, and it really helps us out. So do us a favor and do that. And you're going to want to stick around afterwards because Aubrey and I are going to dissect this conversation. We're going to uh, provide a little bit of our own commentary and our lot own to talk about in this one. Yep. About. So why don't we go ahead and jump into my conversation with Ron Deal. Ron, it's so great to have you back with me on the podcast. I'm super excited about this conversation that we're about to have because um, what I knew about you going into all of this is you're the expert on blended families. And we have Mm. so many folks in our community who are asking the questions. They've lost a spouse or they've been through a divorce. They're trying to figure out, one, does God, can God, like, does he have purposes for me? Can I, I mean, all of these things have just wow, like this life just hit me and now I don't even, my dreams are gone. And so then they're starting to get some hope back and they're, and they're thinking, wow, you know, I've met this person or I've met and I'm blending this family, but there's a lot of struggle. We don't know how to do this. People are coming to Christy and I all the time and asking us for advice. And I'm going, I just read Ron deal. That's, 
<laughs> that's what you need to do. But you know, okay. So let's get a little background from you because you you didn't step into this necessarily by experience uh, in the traditional right. sense of the, the term. You know that that wasn't your story. We got to hear a little bit of you and your wife's story of tragedy um, just just you know earlier. But uh, you 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 stepped into this through kind of. Uh, a default situation of your, your, yeah. your job as a, a marriage and family therapist. So. Correct. You're going to do therapy with people. You're going to work with stiff families. And, but really my passion throughout my career has been family ministry, mm. helping people walk with God faithfully in their marriages, their families in parenting. And, you know, I was just dumb enough to think family ministries ought to help single parent families and step families, just like they help everybody else. And uh, this was back in the early 1990s when really hardly anybody in the Christian community was doing anything for blended families. And I found myself really enjoying it and taking to it and, you know, finding a little success early on. And I started writing about it and speaking a little bit. Next thing you know, it took over my life. Mm. So here we are almost 30 years later, and um, I, I work with a team of people, and we are the largest blended family ministry in the world, to our knowledge. We wow. have more resources, podcast, video, virtual classes, uh, streaming videos you can watch at home, live events and live stream events than anybody. And it's so much fun. Yeah. Uh, book number nine com- for me comes out this coming fall. And, wow. you know, it's just amazing the people we've been able to partner with and pooling resources and collective wisdom. People used to complain to me all the time, there's nothing out here for us as blended families, one, or Christian blended families, two. And that's just not true anymore, Davey. There is a lot of material that is very practical to life and circumstances. And so it's a privilege to do what I do. Wow. Well, you know, okay, so kind of lead off, um, because I want to get as much advice from you as possible. I'm going to act like you're just my counselor right now, all right? All right, Um, great. But I know some things on behalf of some of our listeners and folks who are reaching out to us all the time that, um, you know, when they when they kind of get that glimmer of hope, they've lost their spouse, they've gone through a divorce, and then all of a sudden they meet somebody and they're going, wow, this is like God is writing a redemption story here in my story. Um, Mm -hmm. often they don't see what they don't know and they don't see what they can't see because they're blinded by this excitement. Right. And sometimes it can be even more exacerbated than the typical, uh, you know, you're, you're blinded by the excitement of your first marriage and, you know, you don't really, even folks who have been married and they, and they know the, the difficulties of marriage, they still get blinded by it. And we're, right. we're found, we found ourselves in a place where we're hearing their story and we're going red flag, red flag, red flag, red right, flag. Right. But we don't want to tell them that, right. Because we're not the experts in it. And so, um, what are the things that people typically are not seeing as they're about to step into blending families? Okay. Well, first of all, let me just say, I wrote an entire book called dating and the single parent. And mm. it's all about this. How do I date? When do I date? How do I include the kids? What are we trying to accomplish here and making decisions about marriage? Um, our engaged book is coming out in September, preparing to blend. Mm. And so there's tools and resources specifically yeah. for that season of life. First of all, let me say you're exactly right. Love makes us a little drunk, right? <laughs> Literally, the prefrontal cortex shuts off because of yeah. the dopamine rush that you get when you fall in love. Um, and that's true for everybody first time or 10th time. But what is really important for couples to understand about forming a blended family is you're not repairing what has been lost. And when I say that, a lot of times people look at me like, 
oh, yeah, I never really thought of it about that way. But I did sort of think somehow I'm giving my kids the mother that's not there anymore Mm. or the father that has walked out on us or died or whatever the the narrative is. Well, no, you're not repairing because you're not creating a first family. You're creating a step family. Mm. And there's a whole new set of dynamics that go along with being a blended family that are unique and different to that family situation. And so, if you think you're trying to repair, then that assumes your children will be as happy, that they will be as comfortable, there, there'll be no loyalty conflicts for kids, or the, the past, the loss of the past will not really go with us anymore. Somehow we turn the corner, we're past that. No, none of that's true. So, it's one thing to become a couple falling in love and forming a marriage. It's another thing to become a family. Those are two different emotional processes that are taking place. And you got to pay attention to both of them well, either before the wedding or after, because it's it's going to be a reality for you eventually. Right. Now, I know that sounds a little hard sometimes for people. Well, okay, so you're saying I can't fall in love. No, no, no. You can have love. There are a lot of blended families that are incredibly healthy, great stuff for the children, lots of reward that comes out of that for people. But it's a journey to find your fit, your togetherness, if you will. And the better you understand the dynamics, the easier you can manage it. Again, it's not all in your control, though. Mm-hmm. There's just certain things you don't get to be in charge of, certain reactions from kids, for example. A former spouse who wants to be antagonistic, yeah. who wants to tell the children, look, I'm your mother, she's not your mom, don't listen to your stepmom. Guess what? That makes life harder yeah. in your household. Um, those realities are things that some people, not all, but some people have to have to deal with. Mm. You know, is there any, um, are there any kind of tenants that you would say if you're sitting down, because you, I'm sure you would probably advise that you want to start having these conversations before you actually uh, yeah. say the vows and you, you want to kind yeah. of uh, confront these realities and, and, and get a, a sober minded look at what are we stepping into? Mm. Um, you know, it's that the whole leaving and cleaving thing, right? But there's also the weaving thing of like actually yeah. knitting our lives weaving. together, just like what you said, fitting. We're trying to figure out this fit. And that doesn't mean it negates the the love and the passion that we that we have and that we share and the and, and this this story that God's writing in our lives and all that sort of deal. But it does mean, okay, we need to confront these and figure out some plans for these. Do you have some some basic tenets that you would say, hey, here's some things you probably want to go ahead and start talking about? prior to mm-hmm. yeah. stepping into blending a family. But if you haven't done it prior to, go ahead and sit down right now and start talking about these things. Let me just start listing. Parenting, right. huge, huge, huge. Money, um, the other household, former spouses. Mm-hmm. How are we going to continue to carry loss with us into the future? Um, what is it like to be a child dealing with a new step-parent or step-siblings in their life? How does that, how does that displace them? How does that challenge their relationship with the biological parent? If I have a, dad and I have been living together, single parent mm-hmm. household for five years, you know, since mom passed away, and it, I, we've really gotten used to that. We have a rhythm. We have ways of making decisions. The, the whole household kind of is oriented around me as the kid, which is really mm-hmm. nice. Well, then comes the stepmother who's beautiful and lovely and godly and gracious and kind. Um, but hello, that just disrupted my whole rhythm of my life. So I've got another loss 
to my world. That's what a child experiences. It's not that you're a terrible person and this, the marriage was a bad idea. It's just that it brings more loss. Well, then I have step-siblings. And guess what? It used to be dad and I, but now I have to share my dad with my step-siblings. Not only do I share my dad with my stepmom, my step-siblings want some of his time. Well, hello? What, who am I? What does that mean for me? Uh, mom, you know, died four years ago. Did I just lose my dad? You know, that's the inner world experience of a child. Now, that's going to affect parenting. Yeah. The step parent needs to know this and have some compassion for it as you try to enter this child's life. It, it makes it harder. It's hard already. But imagine if the stepmom, even with goodwill towards this child, comes in and starts changing all the household rules. Now there's more change. There's more loss. There's more, wait a minute, what happened to the, my world? And dad, are you going to let her do that? Or do I not matter? You see, all of this really comes down to connectedness, belonging, family. Am I valued? How do I deal with sadness and loss and then make space for new people in my heart? It's a complicated process. It can be done. But if you just imagine everything I've just said, just imagine that bio dad and stepmom in that scenario, the only thing they imagined happening when they got married is that they were repairing what was lost. Mm. You see, there's a whole lot of stuff now that they never had to deal with in the first family, but now they do. And if they keep thinking we're repairing, then they're baffled by the conflict. They, they, They don't know what to do with the stress or why they have disagreements over parenting. That just doesn't even make sense. And now it's not just parenting we disagree on. Now it feels like you're taking your son's side and not taking my side. Are you more of a dad than you are a husband? And now we've got a marital problem. So that's the kind of collision of agendas and relationships that people find themselves trying to navigate. What, what essentially I think I try to help people do is understand that, make sense of it. What in the world is going on here? Yeah. Then putting a spotlight on what to do well or right in that as a response and what not to do. And then trying to show them a path so that as a couple, they can come together and lead from a position of of unity and love. Yeah. You know, in um, normal families, whatever that means nowadays, right? But kind of the natural progression of of making a family and forming a family, you know, you have a couple that gets married and they're going to have a couple of years where they're going to learn each other. They're going to learn... Kind of, you know, how they interact with each other. How do they interface with each other? What annoys them about each other? How do they work through conflict together? How do they, and they kind of, you know, in in some respects, in a normal situation, they're going to learn that. And then they're going to decide, okay, let's add a variable to this. Let's have a a child, right? And let's add another one. And it's going to get more and more complicated, but they have that foundation. Whereas when you're blending a family, it's just boom, like putting it all together in one situation. Christy and I joke about this all the time. We're like, we never got that like time to build a foundation with each other. Um, would, because of that, how much more important is it for you to really emphasize this, this union, this marriage, and really focus on making that strong? What does that do for the climate of the family? Yeah, Gary Chapman and I just wrote a book, came out this last year, called Building Love Together in Blended Families. And one of the things we say in that book is your marriage is the first and last motivator for your children to embrace the new family. Mm. And let me explain that. 
it's the first motivator because, hey, if you didn't fall in love with each other, there wouldn't be a family to begin with, right? Mm. It's because that you found each other that this whole thing got started. So that's pretty obvious. Right. But it's the last motivator in the stand in the sense that when kids see, I, you know, dad's a lifer with this woman, I, you know, I can't break them up. <laughs> They're not going to divide. No matter what kind of conflict happens in the home, they work it out. They're going to com- be committed to one another forever. I guess I better figure out how to be a part of this mm. because it's not going away. It becomes the plumb line, so to speak. Yeah. It becomes the plumb line. Mm. And it, that's this is true for children. It's true for extended family. It, it it's it's true for former spouses who somehow think they can you know break up the new marriage or whatever the case might be and by the way that's that's sort of rare that that dynamic happens it makes for good movies but it's not really practical in life but every once in a while that sort of thing does happen mm. well if you have this commitment and you're constantly working on honoring one another in the blended family home that provides a foundation that forces everybody, even if it's a force, eventually forces them to go, well, I guess I better figure this out because they're going to stay married. Yeah. Wow. Hey, let me give you a little bit of analogy. I think people listening right now who who maybe are living in a blended family or grew up in one or people who are outside that process looking at other people's friends and family's lives, it, we've been living the biggest um, teaching metaphor about blended family living for the last year, and mm. it's called pandemic. Mm. So let me just tell you what I mean by that. Yeah. Yeah, remember a year ago when they said, all right, everybody go home. This is not a good thing. You know, you need to pull away from others, and you need to hunker down with the people that you feel the closest with, you can trust the most, you have the most safety with. Mm. Go home. And we all did that. Blended families have a natural dynamic at play doesn't always hit this significantly, but for some people it does. And it's this push-pull of togetherness versus separateness. My dad got married to this woman. He wants us to be together. She wants togetherness. But I want to be with my mom, and I just want to still be with my dad. I want separateness. Mm -hmm. And so when stress rises, just like in the pandemic, there's this natural tendency for some people to pull back from the others and kind of go home, if you will, to hunker down with the people they're really closest to, that they feel the most emotional safety with. And in this case, for a child, that's my dad. And that's where really the relationship that I want to preserve, I'm not, I'm just unsure about my stepmom. I like her, but I'm unsure about it. Step-siblings, they're cool, but, you know, it would be all right if it was just dad and I again. Or even better, mom and dad get back together again. So that push-pull dynamic creates more stress. Lesson number two from the pandemic. I don't know about you, but when I started working from home, my wife had to teach kindergarten from home, figure out how to do that (laughs) virtually. That's crazy. My college-age son had to come home. So all of a sudden, there's three of us trying to share the bandwidth, share the the physical space. People mm. are getting dishes out of the dishwasher right behind my office, making noise. And when I'm trying to do a Zoom with with Davy over here, and like like we're stepping on each other's toes, and we didn't know how to navigate that, and we had to talk and communicate and negotiate and figure out how we're going to be in the same space together. That is step family life 101. Blended families go home, the wedding takes place, now we hit real life. How do we do this? I don't know. We step on each other's toes, we make a few mistakes, we talk, we negotiate, we figure it out. What's your need? Here's my need. And over time, 
you rest into the new normal. Here we are a year later, and most of us know the rhythm of the day now. We didn't a year ago, right? but we do now. And we know how to get things done, and we know when we got to wear a mask, and we understand the process, and we don't even think about it anymore. You walk out of the house with a mask in your hand. That's what happens with blended families over time. They figure it out. They find their rhythm. They find a few traditions. And all of a sudden, it's more about togetherness than it was in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Here's lesson number three, and I'll leave it at this. Um, At some point a year ago, we just locked down, and then we started coming back out again. And a few months ago, we started trying to figure out what six feet away meant. (laughs) Mm. You walk into a grocery store. And the guy next to you doesn't think six feet away means six feet. He's, he's right next to you. He's not wearing a mask. And you're like, dude, what are you doing in my space? Mm-hmm. Like, everybody has a different definition of what it really means. Yeah, That's closeness and distance. In blended families, everybody's got their own definition of closeness and distance. Mm-hmm. Kids, Some kids are like, I love my stepmom. She's the best thing in the world. I want super close. I want to sit in her lap. But mm-hmm. then the sibling of that kid is going, nope. Closeness for me is 10 feet away, and we're both wearing hazmat suits. That, to me, feels safe. And so from one child to the next to the next, you can have different definitions. Oh, by the way, stepmom's got a definition, and bio dad's got a definition, and bio mom in the other home, she's got a definition for her kids with the stepmother. You better believe she's letting her kids. So everybody's trying to navigate that terrain. Mm -hmm. And some days you get it right, and some days you don't. And it's awkward, and you have to keep defining the boundaries. What does closeness Mm. mean to you? All right, I'll meet you there. When one parent, when a parent's, even a a well-intentioned step-parent says to a kid, oh, your definition of closeness is 10 feet away in hazmat suits? Nah, forget that. Two feet away, no masks. That you should be okay with me being right next to you. Well, guess what? (laughs) You push yourself on a child, I don't care how old they are, five 15, 35 years of age, if they're an adult, I don't care. You push yourself into their space, mm-hmm. and now they don't like you, you're not safe, and they don't trust you. Right. The pandemic is teaching us a lot about blended family living, yeah. if we'll just sort of listen and absorb it. But here's the good news. Over time, we are figuring it out. Yeah. We learn the new rhythms. We understand the process. We are beginning to get back into life again. The average blended family needs somewhere between five and seven years to figure out the rhythms, the traditions, the connectedness, the definitions of closeness and distance, and how we're going to do life together. And the families who persist into that space and navigate it will do very well. Mm, That's good. God is doing big things in and through Nothing Is Wasted Ministries this year. One of these things I've been itching to announce, but couldn't until now, is the release of the Pain to Purpose 42-Day Devotional. These devotions are the daily entries I wish that I had available to me along my healing journey. Each entry is designed to give you hope and practical help as you partner with God to take back your story. It'd be great for you or for anyone in your life who is struggling through a difficult season. The devotional is releasing July 22nd, but we want to extend to you a special offer of 20% off if you pre-order the devotional before July 22nd. 
If you pre-order now, the devotional will show up on your doorstep on July 22nd, and you'll gain immediate access to all our exclusive pre-order bonuses, including the first 21 days sent to your inbox, along with five-minute video teaching of each entry from me. To pre-order the devotional and check out all the bonuses, go to paintopurposedevo.com and use the code PODCAST for 20% off the devotional, just for being a Nothing Is Wasted podcast listener. Again, that's paintopurposedevo.com and use that code PODCAST for 20% off. I know we don't have a lot of time and I mean, I'd love to bring you back at some point. We want to talk all kinds of stuff and I know that people can go and, and check out all the resources at smart step family and everything that you guys are doing, but I've got a couple of questions that have involved this idea of boundaries because you know, okay. when you, ex- when you experience, when you blend a family, now you just have, you have a lot of uh, additional complications of other, you know, other people, even just practically speaking, right? additional sets of in-laws, additional sets of grandparents, additional sets that Mm -hmm. are above and beyond what a normal family is going to experience and have to manage, um, you know, different compromising negotiations, all this different stuff that's going to happen. How do you, uh, how do you, how do you manage all of that stuff? Like, you know, when, when there's, you know, some party that might be trying to encroach on boundaries or they, they, they expect Mm -hmm. something from you or they need something from you and you're, you're trying to give that to them. You're trying to, you know, okay, well, this child's going to go here. Or this child's going to go here in terms of just like being able to spend time with their grandparents and spend time. There's just a lot of complication. It can get very noisy. It can very, get very different. And the bandwidth is just decreasing to right. be able to do this. What would you say? How should you look through? What, what's a lens that we can look through and say, here's how we should make those decisions? I just talked to a couple this week who, when they got married, there were 22 grandparents connected to their children. <laughs> 22. All right. That's a lot of Christmas, you know, visits. Um, And how do we navigate? Okay. So let me just say the ideal and the real. Uh, Ideally, you try to be proactive. You try to get out in front. Hey, you know, so-and-so's coming over. We're going to a birthday party. There's going to be this many people there, aunts, uncles, grandparents, both sides of the family. How about we call and let them know what our time frame is going to be? The couple talks together and creates a plan. That's where your unity comes. Then you then move out to others and just try to talk and inform and 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 communicate. Okay. I think blood talks to blood. So if you're if it's your former spouse's side of the family, that's on you, right? Unless there's just a huge reason why that shouldn't happen, and sometimes there is, but normally that's your job. Um and so you try to be proactive with it. But the reality of this is, because of the different agendas that people have for your life and for their life, some of those needs are going to collide, and it's not going to go well. And sometimes you just didn't anticipate what would happen, and it's, oops, that was a big blow up. How do we recover and learn from that so that next time we can do a little better job? It's a live and learn sort of experience sometimes, yeah. honestly. But I do think at the end of the day, um, sometimes you have to say, look, I love you. And I realize that this is changing. And for you, it's hard. When we would come together for Aunt Edna's birthday, we would hang out in the corner and talk, and it was us and the kids, and it was great. But things have changed now. I have 
a, a spouse, I have stepchildren, there are other considerations. And so it just can't flow like it used to. I realize that's hard for you. It's hard for me. I'm sorry, but this is what I need to do. So it's that loving, gentle boundary that communicates the priorities that you have. And was that, does that hurt feelings? Yeah, sometimes it does. But in the long run, you've got to renegotiate how you're going to do life as extended family with one another. Otherwise, you're going to be chasing your tail, yeah. trying to win everybody's approval, make everybody happy all the time. Here's one. Give yourself the permission not to make everybody happy. Mm-hmm. That, that You just did yourself a big favor there. Now, you, you don't get to be rude. You don't get to be mean. You can be gentle and set those boundaries but you got to accept the fact somebody's not going to be happy. Mm, that's good. That's so good. Okay, last question. And I know this could this could easily we could probably spend an entire podcast on this one, but I I I can't not touch the topic at least of okay. co- co-parenting. And now yeah. the having to negotiate across, you know, to the former spouse and their family, you know, and expectations and stuff. Um I know there's a spectrum of cooperation versus, you know, uh a, a co-parenting situation where there's, you know, someone who's being antagonistic. And so given that spectrum, what is the, be- what are some, maybe some pieces of advice that you would give on how to create the best climate for that co-parenting situation? Yeah. You know, my podcast is family life blended. Our number one downloaded uh, episode is all about difficult co-parent situations. Mm. Number two downloaded is on parent alienation, really significantly hard co-parent situations. This is an important subject. I'm glad you asked about it. Um, Paul says, as much as it depends on you, live at peace with others in Romans 12. There you go, right? There's things you can do and there's things you can't control. What can you do? What can you do? Well, by the way, he goes on in that passage and says, hey, God is the one who gets revenge, so it's not my job, so let stuff go, learn how to forgive, learn how to um, not be the judge of others, leave that to God. He goes on and he says, don't repay evil with evil, but repay evil with good. Oh, wow. Okay, if that's not a challenge to my heart, I don't know what is. I I, I don't know about you, but I kind of want to repay evil with evil. It makes me feel good, <laughs> but that's not what I'm called to do. So what does that mean, repay evil with good? Does that mean I have to be a doormat and let the other household walk all over me? No, it does not mean that. I can gently set boundaries, but I can set boundaries. It also means sometimes I still do good to them, even when they don't ever do good to us. I'm considerate when they're never considerate. I'm helpful and thoughtful, make a sacrifice every now and then regarding time with a child or something, even when they don't. There's limits, right? You got to try to make those decisions, but try to repay evil with good, Paul goes on to suggest that sometimes that softens a hard heart. You can actually win them over with a little kindness. There's a huge principle in that that I think ultimately we want to try to get to as co-parents. You're doing your job. Here's another way to think of it. If you're an ambassador to another foreign country, your job is to try to be diplomatic. Mm -hmm. Your job is to be businesslike. You don't have to love Afghanistan. But you do need to be diplomatic towards Afghanistan because it has implications for your country. And the war that your children end up being in the middle of, you can make it better or you can make it worse. Try to make it better. Afghanistan is probably still going to be Afghanistan. They're still going to be terrorists. They're still going to do what they do. 
And you have to be prepared for that. They don't play by the rules. They don't play nice. You have to have your guard up sometimes. But you continue to be the diplomat you are called to be. Most co-parents who have hard circumstances, this is important, David, there's hope in this. Most hard circumstances get better over time. Mm-hmm. I think it often gets better faster when one parent is trying to be forgiving and understanding, cooperative and compassionate, and be live at peace, if you will, however they know how to do that. Yeah. It may not feel like you make, make much ground any given moment, but keep at it, and generally speaking, things get better. Wow. So good. So good. Ron, where can our listeners follow uh, what you're doing and connect more to the resources you guys are providing? So I work with two organizations. Mine is called smartstepfamilies.com, smartstepfamilies.com. That's kind of a portal where you can get access to everything I'm doing, whether it's online or in person or books or whatever it might be. But the main organization I work with is Family Life. So that's familylife.com slash blended. Uh, Again, tons of free material there, as well as materials you can dive deep, as deep as you want to go. Man, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Um, this is this has just been an honor to be able to chat with you. And um, I'm looking forward to more conversations. Even if it's me and my wife calling you and Nan up and we're just asking advice <laughs> at some point. Uh, because, man, I just I just love all the, the work that you're doing. And I thank you so much for stepping into this space because it's much needed. Many of us did not. We, we did not plan to step into blended family situations. I don't think anybody does. Um, right. And so it, it becomes this thing that kind of blindsides you. But what I believe you're doing, Ron, is you're helping people to uh, experience the gospel of, of grafting families together. And that's mm-hmm. the message yes. of the gospel, right? That he grafted yep. us into his family. We are a big old blended family in the kingdom. That's right. We? And now that we're just learning exactly how, to, right. how to play this thing out the best way that we possibly can. Um, through the lens of the gospel and and, and the way Jesus wants to. Thanks so much for helping us with that, Ron. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Hey, that was such a practical episode. I I really appreciated Ron's like wisdom and insights and kind of steps for blended families. Really helpful. Yeah, and he's got so many resources. I mean, we could have had him on for hours and hours and hours and talked about this, but he's got all that. Hours and hours and hours of content that you can consume. So I want to definitely encourage you to go and do that if you are a blended family. If you know a blended family, make sure you point them to those resources. Um, I know I learned a ton from this conversation and I have learned a ton from his other resources, especially about, you know, one of the things he kind of talks about is this idea of um, this push pull. I think that's probably the best terminology mm-hmm. for it. There's like a push pull of togetherness yeah. and separateness in a blended that was family. Interesting. And it's a reality. I mean, it, and it's something that you, you don't really think about and unless you are kind of walking in that situation. Um, I lo- One of the things he said that I would use as a caveat to this, or, or maybe as a preface, that's probably the best word. The preface to this is, I don't remember if he said this in the conversation or if I read this somewhere or combination thereof, but he talks about blended families. We can't consider them uh, like, like you put them in a blender and you just mix them up. You immediately try to blend mm. the family together. There is a timeline or an evolution process that you have to be sensitive to. And that's a little bit of this push pull because, um, you know, when Christy, Christy and I got married and, you know, Natalia was, is her daughter from another marriage and Weston's mine from another marriage. 
mm-hmm. we're trying to blend our family together. We're trying to think, we want to think of ourselves as, hey, we are a family now. But there were some right. things that we had to pick up on, some cues from both kids on how they were trying to orient themselves again. And they were really young. So it was, it was a lot easier for us than maybe some, you know, teenagers, uh, someone right, who's right. blending teenage families with teenagers. Um, but we still had to make sure there were small things like, Christy needed to be the disciplinarian for Natalia. I needed to be the disciplinarian for Weston. We couldn't make that mm, switch happen right away. We couldn't just throw it in a blender yeah. and hit on and and we're now right. a family, right? That's not how it works. And then, you know, even things as you're learning through co-parenting and stuff. I mean, we have some situations that have come up where uh, Natalia has felt left out of some things that we're doing because she happens to be mm. that particular weekend with her dad. And so we're trying to help her understand, you know, like... um, help her not feel left out and yet at the same time help her see that you know there's we're we're not going to put life on hold when she's with her dad but you know it's just this weird push pull it's like that is so interesting to navigate yeah Yeah. and probably it's not the same for every blended family either right like uh -uh. you're saying you can't throw in a family push the blender you can't throw in all the families and expect the same result that's right every child is different so you know if you're not in a blended family you recognize that every child's different you have to parent them differently right you have this right other layer of dynamics when it comes to the fact that not only is every child different but their situation now is different as well, where we have these Mm co-parenting situations. And, you know, um, personally, it's, it's difficult to know sometimes for me. And I have, we have to wrestle with this, that, um, Natalia's in a different house every so often with different sets of rules and different, you know, none of them good or bad. It's just different. And that's the reality of it. And so, um, sometimes we, we, we have to kind of remind her, okay, we're, while we're in this house, these are the, the parameters, the rules that we, Govern mm-hmm. that govern our house, and this is your responsibilities here at this house, and that's hard for young children. It's difficult for them to. That's what I was just thinking. That's difficult for a little yeah. child to have to navigate. Like it's different over here, and it's different over here, and one's not wrong, one's not right. But right. I, I mean, that's that's hard for adults to do to <laughs> right. be different in different situations, and for little ones to do that. That takes a lot of intentional parenting. Yeah, it really does. It really does. Um, one of the things that, and I know this can't happen in every situation, but one of the things I've really felt encouraged by our the co-parenting situation that we have is that um, Natalia's dad and his wife um, and Christy and I, we will jump on a zoom call and we will talk with each other about uh, kind of schedules and, and we'll talk through, you know, what's going on in Natalia's life, what's happening here. um, What do we need to lean in on together and stuff. And I've I've been really encouraged by the relationship in that. And so I say that uh, some of you, you're not experiencing that. And I'm, and I'm so sorry. I don't say that, you know, to kind of, say, ha ha, look at us. And I, I say that to, to encourage you that that's possible. You can have a good co-parenting relationship, but right. for some of you that may, that may not be possible. And so whatever your situation is, you have to kind of learn, how do I walk through this and um, show Christ in the best way that I possibly can in this co-parenting situation, be Jesus in this, and at the same time, be clear with boundaries that yes. need to exist between all relationships, but particularly in a relationship as nuanced as blended families. To be clear is to be kind. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. So you can be Christ while being clear. And I think that's one of the yeah. biggest things that we've learned walking in this kind of a, we've got to be clear and that's being kind. And mm-hmm. uh, we can still be loving and, and, and be like Jesus in that. That's really good. I feel like in non-blended families, 
you have to set boundaries as well, but it looks a little bit different. Like you're setting boundaries perhaps with in-laws. Right. You're setting boundaries perhaps with um, just each child yeah. differently and kind of what your expectations are of them and even how they can handle certain things or, or they can't. And right. those are all, they're no, those are never easy no. conversations to have or decisions to make or like putting those boundaries in place. But oh, how good they are for the children, how good they are right. for the relationship. Like you said, uh, clarity is that we said clarity is kindness yeah, to be clear is kind and, yeah 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 and so those boundaries are really important even for your own soul in the mm-hmm. middle of these complicated relationships to be able to set boundaries for yourself so that you know what's safe and you can move towards health right right well i am by no means going to position myself as the expert on blended families we are in the throes of it and um so we're yeah. going to consume everything that ron deal has to offer i would encourage you yeah, to do he's that awesome as well but if we can help you in any way in the process of all of this stuff, um, we we have certified guides who are blending families and understand mm-hmm. that who are well beyond from an experience level, from you know even even age than Christy and I are, and they are experts at it as well. Um, we have uh, community groups, other people who are trying to blend families, other people who are trying to walk these particular pain paths. Whatever your pain path is, we probably have a community group for it. Um, and maybe you want to dive into the Pain to Purpose course. Whatever it is, we have resources at nothingiswasted.com. We would love to connect you with that because we are passionate about you partnering with God to take back your story. We want to help you in that process. That's right. We also want to mention Sleeping at Last. Thank you to him for providing all the music for the podcast. You can find his music wherever you listen to music. And we say this all the time. It's such good music. So go ahead and listen to Sleeping at Last. You can also follow us on Instagram at Nothing Is Wasted Ministries, at Davey Blackburn, and at Obsamp. And we would love to hear from you there. Send us a message. Let us know if these uh, conversations about parenting are are encouraging you. If there's anything we're missing, we want to fill in that blank for you. So be in touch with us. And we're going to continue our parenting series next week. This one's cool. This Mm -hmm. is unique because it's a mother-daughter conversation that you had with Blythe Daniel and Dr. Helen McIntosh. Mm -hmm. So let's go ahead and take a listen to part of Davy's conversation with Blythe and Dr. Helen. My mom and I grew up together in learning about healthy relationships, because as I was, you know, really coming into my adult years, my mom was really juggling um, the difficulty of uh, a mom um, who had been an alcoholic, who had a lot of anger, who was going through cancer. Um, There were just a lot of things that were happening in in my mom's um, life. And so I was watching all this um, as an adult daughter And through the years of us knowing that we needed to talk about things and us having conversations with with each other and even about my mom and her mom and and some of the difficulties of watching things unfold, as we as we really started to figure out, okay, this is this is really a key topic for women because some relationships just fall apart and they never talk to each other again. 